So today we have one of my good friends coming on. Uh, it's Brad Park. He is down in the Orlando area. I know a lot of you guys are saying, man, you're focusing on Orlando. Yep, it's one of my favorite places in the world. Brad's an amazing runner. He's run several ultra marathons, uh, helps host the 1010 Run Club. Um, and above all else, he has a very cute dog, an amazing fiance, and it's just one hell of a guy. Very interesting. Um, all the things that he has done and does, uh, hailing from New Hampshire. So welcome Brad on the podcast next. Hi, my name is Sean Bland, but my friends call me Sean Michael or run bump. I've run over 300 ultra marathons. I've been first, last, and everything in between. I started and owned run bum races where we put on 11 trail and ultra running races a year from central Florida to Southern Virginia. I hope that with my trail running and race directing experience that I can help you train smarter, run further, and fall in love with trail running. If you find this podcast helpful and or entertaining, please help me out by sharing it. I'd also like to invite you to run or volunteer at one of our mini races. Welcome, friends, to the Bend Don't Break podcast. This week, I have one of my good friends on, an amazing runner, a super trail maintainer, if you will, a guy who inspires a lot of people to get into road running, trail running, ultra running, and doing trail maintenance. He also is the head maintainer of Tosahashi Wildlife Management Area Trails, which is Florida Trail and some other side trails, which we actually use for the Forgotten Florida uh, race. Um, this is my good buddy. Thanks for being on the show. Let's welcome Brad Park, originally from New Hampshire, now living in Orlando, Florida. Hey, how you doing, John? Good, man. Thanks for coming on. So let's talk about, uh, first thing I want to talk about with you is, um, well, first of all, you're, you're getting married in a couple months uh, to your amazing fiance, Heather. Um, and you guys are getting married in North Carolina. I'm very, thank you for inviting me and fortunate to be there. Um, you guys both run, uh, and met running, correct? Yeah. She, uh, she came to the run club. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we have this, uh, or you have this 1010 brewing company and you guys do the 1010 run club, which is an awesome group run that I've been to many times in, in Orlando. Um, kind of like downtown, I guess you call it Orange Park, right? Uh, Mills fifty-ish um, Ivanhoe Village, but about an uh, about a mile north of downtown. Got you. Yeah. yeah, and it's beautiful run. So if you're in the Orlando area or you're visiting, you've got to go do this every Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, tell us about how that started. And it's huge. You guys get like seventy people sometimes. Yeah, um, it started. Uh, one of my friends, Nick Valencia, he had reached out to the owners and. Uh, had asked them if they wanted to do a run club. Uh, they were on board, uh, so he put something together. Initially, I was more of the run by yourself, didn't quite understand group runs, but I liked the brewery, so I figured I'd show up. We became fast friends. Um, and then the second week, uh, having the first week was 55 people. Second week was closer to 60. Uh, and he's like, I don't know if I can do this on my own. Would you mind helping? And um, I've never been one per uh, like a person that wants to be in front of people. Uh, I'm usually the person in the background, like giving people suggestions. Um, and I said, 
sure, I, I could try. Um, and it's been now like seven years. So, <laughs> Wow, seven years. Now, how many people do you think are there like from like the original like first couple weeks out there they still come out? Uh, I would say on like a weekly basis, maybe two to three. But there's a revolving group of probably about 20 that were all from like the original six months of the group that will come at least once a month. That's awesome. And it's like such a good vibe. I mean, like, I feel like you cannot have a bad group run out of a brewery. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and their, their beer is good too. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of the things that some of the group runs where they have pace groups and that sort of thing, um, we were trying to avoid that. Basically, we make it a choose-your-own-adventure run. We have routes from two miles to seven miles mapped out. Uh, you pick whichever one you want to run. You run at your own pace, and then everybody comes back and you know hangs out and socializes afterwards. So um, it takes a lot of pressure off of anybody that's new that's coming either into running, coming back to running uh, after like a long break, or uh, just wanting to get out and socialize and do something active. Right on. And uh, I feel like every time I come run, I always do like a 5K loop that's super fun because you guys got like some paved trails there. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is going to be uh, once you get past 5K, there's a little bit more sidewalk. But um, the two mile and the 5K route are primarily on multi-use trail. Um, part of the um, Orlando trail network. Um, it's like Dinky Line and the Urban Trail. For sure. And I love it because it really is an inclusive, like you were saying, like choose your own adventure. It's like sometimes there's people out there, I'm going to run seven miles fast. You have people that are out there walking sometimes two miles. Uh, like I've been injured myself. I've come out there and walked two miles, had a blast, um, you know, and I think we were talking the last time. And this is great information. I feel like just people need to know this, whether you run or not. You helped brew some beer in a seltzer. Is that correct for 1010? Uh, yeah, it was a beer that I had made on my own um, initially, and I brought it up to the brought it to the brewery, and they liked it. And so for several years, and we're actually about to brew it again. Um, they brewed the beer, and I went and helped brew it. Um, and I'd also brewed because uh, I home brew stuff, so. I had brought uh, a strawberry lime seltzer, hard seltzer that I had made, and uh, a cold brew coffee hard seltzer that I had done as well. So this is what I want to get is, what is the difference between a beer and a seltzer? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, seltzer, it's got vodka in it. It's like, no. Well, I mean, it can have vodka in it. Um, but uh, like a traditional brewed seltzer, instead of using barley, you're using either... Um, uh, like raw sugar or demerara sugar, or um, uh, you could use agave syrup, stuff like that. Anything that's not like a traditional barley mash. So that's how you get it to be clear and clean. And lots of seltzers don't necessarily have to have hops in them as well. So that's another thing that will separate a hard seltzer as well. Uh, okay, got you. Like I know they're tax different, like liquor versus like beer and seltzer, and that's why like a lot of like White Claw and stuff like that, all that you know, is much cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So what's the name of the beer that, uh, that you brewed with these guys? Uh, it's called Rio Bravo, uh, kind of like a play on words of uh, the movie Rio Bravo. Um, and uh, it was a, well, it's a eight-ish percent um, rye IPA, but oh, wow. it drinks like a four and a half percent, like, you know, beer. So you have two and you're like, oh, Oops, <laughs> I might have made a mistake. Uh, what is it? So give me your, give me Brad's top three post-run beers or adult beverages. Uh, so from 1010, uh, top three, probably their Subtropic Saint, which is a Kolsch, you know, uh, easy drinking, low ABV. Um, their East-West IPA. Uh, and when they have it on tap, uh, chronically mismanaged, which is a coffee red ale um they use coffee from um coffee beans from a local roaster so it mm. is really smooth easy drinking um not super high alcohol content but i made the mistake once of having three and then i walked home but uh at three o'clock in the morning i was trying to figure out why i couldn't fall asleep so <laughs> oh, it's all the yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so I've always wondered if you like brew something with like uh, with coffee, like alcohol wise, if it keeps the caffeine content. So I guess it does. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys also have my favorite running mascot. And I no. just want to apologize to my parents. And that's Jack Sparrow. You guys have this little, what is it? A husky palm? Or yeah. It's a, pom- it's a Pomsky. So Pomeranian husky mix. Yeah. He is. He's a lot of fun. He's now, yeah, oh, good grief. A couple of weeks ago, we did a doggy dash as a fundraiser for um, one of the women that comes to the run club. She's running New York City Marathon for a charity, and so we did a fundraiser. Everybody that entered their dog had to pay a fee, um, and the medals for the dogs were milk bone biscuits that they tied around their necks. (laughs) But, yeah, Jack came in first place. So (laughs) That's yeah. Uh, so, okay. So with 1010 Running Club, like I know um, when I first started coming out there, I saw you post a bunch. You were taking people, uh, introducing people to trail running and uh, from road running, which obviously is a very like odd step, you know, for a lot of people because, you know, when we're road running, you're concerned about pace and time and distance. And, you know, I feel like when you go trail running, it's like, ah, don't worry about that. It's like, how far are we going? It's like, it's a secret. We don't really know. Like, four-ish, <laughs> you know, like, like what's, what's, what was that? What inspired you to take people trail running? And because uh, I've met a lot of them that are a lot of people at my races. Like, oh, yeah, I went running with Brad. Like, Yeah. Um, growing up in New Hampshire, I ran cross country. Like, I grew up right next to a state park, so I had access to trails. Um, and when I first moved to Florida... I didn't really think of Florida as having a trail network. It's not, it wasn't like widely publicized in 2005 when I came down here, everything was, you know, Disney theme parks, like attractions, that sort of thing. Um, And when I discovered we had trails and they were beautiful, I mean, you can run through four different ecosystems in like a five mile loop, which is really difficult to do anywhere. And you can do that in, 
places within an hour's drive of Orlando, like downtown Orlando. So once I started running a bit more trails, I was threw it out to the group like, hey, who would want to go on a trail run? And a lot of people that have been running roads for years didn't know this existed. So it's like, come on, let's go. Let's go have fun. And be like, how far are we going? Well, like five-ish miles, you know, because trails, there's no way of getting like a perfect round number. Like, how fast are we going? Eh, we're, we'll run at a pace and then we'll stop and we'll wait for people to catch up and we'll keep going so nobody gets lost. And um, yeah, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, come back and said, you were the person that took me on my first trail run and now i'm doing you know my first ultra and you know it's kind of it's kind of cool and rewarding you know today's podcast is brought to you by pocket dates your perfect companion for the trail the track and beyond specialty crafted for ultra runners training runs and those epic mountain adventures with just two dates, you get a powerhouse of 110 calories and 30 grams of energizing carbs, a natural fuel that fits right in your pocket. Deliciously sweet and satisfying, pocket dates are the ultimate snack to keep you going. Whether you're conquering the peaks or pounding the pavement, make every step count with the nutrition you need right in the palm of your hand. Pocket dates, fuel your journey wherever it takes you. Grab yours today and taste the power of nature. Right. Was uh, was Luis one of those people? Uh, which Luis? Because there's two. The Espinosa. Uh, Espinosa. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not entirely sure. It's possible. Um, yeah. Because he was from like the Miami area originally, and uh, but yeah, now oh. he's hard into the paint on trails, which is really cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, okay, so you're getting all these people into trail running down there. I mean, and, and you hit a couple nails that I want to talk about on that. Um, but number one is like, I agree with you completely. It's like Florida, the last thing you think about is like trail running. It's like, so it's kind of like, and then when you think about trail running, they're like, oh my God, there's alligators and snakes and bears. and There's panthers, there's mountain lions here. Oh my God. You know, like there's pythons that are going to eat my children. And, you know, it's like, for me, you just, you laugh, like we laugh about it because we've been out there en enough to know that like, that's just not bothering you. You know, it's like those things may be out there, but they don't want to be around you any more than you, you know, than you want to be around them. So, um, you know, that's got to be a hard selling point to, to get people um, to like, Hey, come hang out in the jungle. Cause a lot of central Florida is like, I don't know. I call it jungle-esque, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's got that wild feel to it. And it's like, especially if you're used to like getting in your car, driving to work and like running on the road and on a paved path. And it's like, we stay away from all water because every single body of water has a gator in it. You know, it's like, that's the adage. And, and um, you know, that's, I think it's crazy. And, and to me, um, in Florida specifically, and really just in the Southeast, there's like three or four like, cities that I consider what I would consider is like, um, trail meccas, like for running, hiking, biking, um, you know, off-road, which would be, uh, Asheville, um, Chattanooga, Tallahassee, Orlando. 
And, you know, Aniston, Alabama has got some great art and Huntsville as well. Um, upstate South Carolina, don't, I'm not discrediting any, anybody, but it's like you never would. I think most people in their mind wouldn't think of like two cities in Florida having like and not that those are the only places, but it's just like, man, there's so many trails like all sides of Orlando. It's really incredible. Um, so I ask you now, like top three places to run on trails in greater Orlando. Um, well, let's see. Um, depending on what my vibe is that day, uh, Tosa Hatchie is great. Um, you know, you have to sort of commit to doing about 10 ish miles, but it's incredible. Um, shorter, um, runs where you could do up to 10, 15 miles if you want, but if you want an easy five or four, um, you know, like starting at Bar Street or Lockwood for a little big econ, uh, that is definitely a great location and it's good for people starting out as well because uh, it's well-marked, trails are well-maintained, um, a little bit more popular, especially since the pandemic. So sometimes on the weekends it can get crowded. Um, and then uh, Wakaiva Springs State Park, you can do everything from a five-ish mile loop to over a 13 mile loop and you get multiple ecosystems. Um, and you know, again, because it's a state park, there's bathrooms and water fountains and that sort of thing, um, at the trailhead. Right. So that's really convenient. Um, another good place to bring newer, uh, trail runners. Um, and then the added benefit of having the spring at the end of your run. So if you're overheated or you just want to cool down, you jump into the 72 degree water and relax for a little bit. Which, by the way, in January and February will wake you up after a run. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me how I know. So, okay, so we talked about Tosahatchee a little bit. Um, I really want to – I think it's awesome, like, what you're doing, like, the Florida Trail. So you, <clears throat> there was an older gentleman and his wife, Doug Spar. Um, I forget her name. I apologize for that. Um, I've only met Doug. I had never met her. But they were um, with the Florida Trail Association, the Indian River chapter, and they maintained all the trails in Tosahatchee for years and years. And I believe Doug's in his, like, 80s now. Yep. Um, and with the Forgotten Florida race, uh, it was kind of neat because we were able to do a couple work days over the last couple years. And able to Doug hand off um, his, I wouldn't call it job, but like his position and maintaining all that stuff to you. And we've now gotten all these really big work days uh, before when it was literally just Doug and like a couple of his buddies working all this. And it's like, I think it's like what, 20, 30 miles. Of yeah. Yeah. Trail? Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, it's funny before I took over, like I had been running there a bunch, there was a whole section that I didn't even know existed. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, that's the one south of, uh, way south of there? What's yeah. Um, well, it's still um, Tosahatchee, but it's just the south section, and it's across the road, and I think five miles past the, the gate-ish, somewhere in that neighborhood. But it's a beautiful, like, 5K loop. Um, and then there's another little spur that goes out to the river. Um, and I think, right. um, we maintained it this past year, um, during the trail work days and yeah, it's beautiful out there. 
and you know we got to see some wildlife while we we're there and pygmy rattlesnake and you know that sort of thing so yeah, yeah. and um some of the people that helped doug uh still go out on their own and they'll message me or um or bill and let us know what they've taken care of or if they've seen a down tree that needs to be managed that sort of thing so it's kind of cool so talk let's talk about like, like what the work days look like for uh like the florida trail association because i'd love to get more people out to work days like i host uh, a handful of work days like from virginia you know with our race courses a lot of mine are like midweek, so it's hard for most people to to make them and i totally get that um but I try to join a lot of the Florida Trail Association, like specific work days, like describe those. Like there, there's to me, they're just so much fun. Like, Yeah, um, it's kind of cool. Um, if you've ever done trail work before, uh, you have this, you have to look at the trail and kind of clear above your head, out to your arms and then down. Um, and I think a lot of it's, kind of that camaraderie thing. Plus if you're hanging out with somebody for six or eight hours, walking down a trail, hacking at bushes and trees and, you know, cleaning it up, you have to become fast friends um, because there's no other way about it. Um, if you don't, it's going to make for a really long, miserable experience. Uh, <laughs> um, but starting off, you everybody meets up probably about seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Um, typically, the work days are from October to March, so the cooler months of the year here in Florida. Um, and everybody will get their assignment, so not everybody is going down the same trail at the same time. You sort of divide and conquer. And uh, with Tosahatchee, it's right on the border of Indian River and the Central Florida chapter. So it's actually a huge benefit to us that we then bring two chapters together to maintain yeah, about 30 miles of trails. Um, and some uh, some trail work days are going to be on weekends. Uh, some they have camp outs. So like you'll show up Friday night, you camp the entire weekend and you do trail work um, and they'll provide uh, breakfast and dinners and you're on your own for lunch. Um, and then uh, a lot of the Central Florida trail days are on the Wednesdays because in Central Florida, there's a lot of hunting season that they have to navigate and in especially between October and March. So Wednesdays are the day of the week that there's no hunting. So that's sort of where their sweet spot is for them. Yeah, it's it's always fun to join like the days like I, my favorite thing about that is like I always try to join a group where I'm like, OK, this this guy or this gal looks like, you know, like older than me. They look like they have a story, you know what I mean? And so I always try to go and I'm like, tell me some stuff or or if somebody's talking about, oh, we're going to go over here and build this bridge or or do something that I don't know how to do. I always try to go do that because a lot of a lot of these guys uh, the older gentlemen I met there, like some were like ex-engineers, architects, like, you know, construction, like people. And it's like, wow, it's like, this is like right in their wheelhouse and retired. Like most of the people I would say there are, are retired um, yeah. or, you know, you and I are in the, the younger crowd of it. And it's cool. Like, you've been bringing all these, you know, uh, trail runners out and stuff like that. And, and I don't know, I think 
what I always tell people is like, well, what are you guys doing? It's like, basically for lack of better words, like extreme yard work, yeah. you know? <laughs> and uh, something very important that I wanted to touch on about trail work, whether you come help with the Florida Trail Association work day, um, you go help out your local state park, what, whatever it might be. Um, typically with the Florida Trail Association specifically, you don't have to be some jacked dude or chick, you know, that does CrossFit or, you know, you know, can bench press 400 pounds. Like there is a job for everybody there. Um, so it's like, and you don't have to have any experience. Like we train everybody like that meeting that Brad was talking about. It's kind of like a safety briefing as well. Um, and then you break into groups and um, like one of my favorite things, which is probably one of the easiest quote unquote things to do. But to me, it's just so symbolic and it's just so self-fulfilling um, is painting blazes on trees, right? So, um, you know, last, I guess last workday we did at Tosahatchee, I was with Heather, uh, um, your fiance, mm -hmm. and she was following and she was scraping and then painting new blazes. So this sounds kind of like, oh, what are you doing? Like she's literally sitting there walking with a can of paint and a brush and brushing on new blazes. And if you don't know what a blaze is, that's like the vertical uh, rectangle um, for the Florida Trail, it's an orange blaze. For other trails, like in Tosahatchee, we have blue, we have red, we have yellow, uh, might have other colors, but it takes somebody going back and painting that over. So, uh, you know, you don't have to be able to do heavy lifting per se, you know, um, and Florida Trail Association, because they get a lot of money and donations, they use a lot of that towards like power equipment. So it's like these crazy mowers. It's like, man, I've you know, and it's, I don't know, you're talking about the mowers. Dude. That to me is like the wildest thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, because Florida is a lot grassier than other regions of the country, uh, mowers are a necessity. Uh, there are swampier sections uh, of the Florida Trail, but yeah, they have um, uh, DR mowers. They have bush hogs. Um, essentially, it's two really big tires and a mower deck that's raised up a little bit and a blade that will go through small brush um, and everything else. Um, and those are, they're fun. They're, you know, a little nerve wracking at first because they are like self-propelled, but they're like a self-propelled lawn mower on steroids. They're going to go a little bit faster. They're going to buck a little bit more. So the first time it jerks around on you, um, you know, you get like that little pucker factor and then you're like, oh, okay, I got this. I can do it. It's no big deal. Um, and you, know, you had touched on like bridge building earlier. Uh, one of the uh, two years ago after the hurricane that wiped out uh, a lot of bridges in Little Big Econ and made you have to reroute the, uh, the race course like a month before uh, the race. We ended up going back a couple of weeks after the race, and we had to repair that, replace that bridge. Um, well, water crossing, um, and part of that were the two cross beams that were 22, 20, 22 feet long, um, and they're six inches wide and like fourteen inches tall. These beams weighed five hundred pounds a piece, um, and we had to carry them a half mile. So we had to carry one, go back, carry the other one. So you had 15-ish people on one of these beams. And, you know, you're talking about you don't have to be somebody that's jacked. Half of the people carrying it were either new to trail work, 
um, or had only done a couple of days, and uh, half of them as well were uh, women. So you don't have to be jacked, and every single one of them carried as much weight as everybody else on that beam. And with that whole group, we were able to get a bridge built in a day, which was really cool. And one of the things that's, dude, you guys killed it on that. Cause I was reading all the emails. I wasn't in Orlando at that time, but I remember reading it. It's like step one was they had to disassemble the old bridge that had gotten all dilapidated and collapsed or whatever. So they had to like take these big pieces out, like cut it out. And then what they put it in like a canoe. Yeah. They the cut, uh, they cut the pieces up into about three to four uh, foot lengths and they had two people in canoes basically shuttling the wood up back up the river to the uh, staging area. Yeah. Yeah. And then the main, what blows my mind is like right in that area too, the Flagler trail bridge over little big econ. That's like always like just kind of a disaster to me because it's washed out like once, but like, it's always okay. So if you're in like Orlando Vito area, there's the Flagler trail, which is like a Seminole County trail. It's awesome. It's like a rails to trails. It's beautiful. Um, we use like a very brief part of it, which is also the Florida trail we use on Forgotten Florida, but it's really fun. Like bike ride. It's a really fun run. I like it because you're in canopy and you're like, basically you, at certain points, you can see like a mile ahead of you, but it's like all like oaks growing over. It's just really, it's really beautiful. And it's point to point. And it can connect you with a bunch of other trails and mountain bike trails and whatever. Um, but there's where it crosses over the little big econ river, which is a massive river. Uh, that flows into the St. John, it like very frequently floods out. So I guess after, what was that? Uh, Ian, I guess that originally, what did the, what was the hurricane that originally like took the bridge out? Oh, um, that, oh no, it wasn't Ian. Um, the, when it took the bridge out, when they closed, because it's a series of two bridges, there's the, the arch bridge and then the flat one that always goes underwater. Um, right. It was the, I forget the name of the hurricane. It was 2016. Um, maybe Maria. I don't, I don't remember, but, um, but that one, it wiped out the, it lifted the, the low bridge off of its pilings. And then, um, some of the, the arched bridge just, um, due to age, some of the planks were a little rotted, you know, a couple of holes in it, but it wasn't terrible. Um, but yeah, they, they replaced basically as it was. Um, and you can like, uh, after Ian, the water was almost up to the top of, uh, the arched bridge. So it was, it was kind of, it was crazy. But then the low lying bridge was, I think if you did it, it was just over waist deep water. If you walked across Which it. Which is insane yeah. to me. So it's like that, basically that bridge kind of just, like stays underwater like a lot of, I mean, and it was, it's not even like oh, a week or two here and there. I feel like it's like months at a time. I see people like posting and they'll be like wading across with their hand. I'm like, oh my God, like this is crazy. I mean, so all this to say is like when you're crossing some bridge out on a trail, especially in central Florida, the amount of effort, money and work that go in just a one tiny bridge is way more than you could ever imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So, and I, one thing I also want to talk about was like the Florida trail. Most people don't know what that is. You know me, I'm like the huge, like, Hey, everybody go get out on the Florida trail. Um, the guy who designed the Florida trail, first of all, it goes from the Northern part of the Everglades and big Cypress all the way um, to Gulf Islands National Park and Fort Pickens and Pensacola Beach. So it spans the entire length, more or less, of Florida. Um, you know, it's awesome. It's 1,100 miles, but they have another five, 600 miles of like offshoot trails that they maintain as well. <clears throat> the guy that designed the trail wanted it to be within an hour and a half drive of all Floridians. Hmm. And, I, and I think minus like, a couple small areas that did that actually happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really neat trail system and um, the, the Florida trail association that maintains it, you know, there's a bunch of really dedicated individuals that donate hundreds, if not thousands of hours a year to uh, making sure that everybody has access to the trails. Yeah, I, I think last time I looked at it, it was like 2021 or 2022. They calculate all the volunteer hours and it was like 29,000 hours. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. So, um, but let's shift gears here for a second. So I want to talk about, we very briefly touched on this, but you're originally from New Hampshire. What brought you all the way from the Northeast down to Orlando of all places? Well, I mean, that story, it's not super exciting, but um, I was working in the music industry at the time, um, like concerts, uh, high steel arena rigging, stage building. Um, and because I was spending a lot more of my time outside, uh, winters were getting colder and I wasn't able to do like the skiing and the snowboarding and going out on snowmobiles as much because I was working more. So the winters were getting colder and less enjoyable. Um, and then at the time I was single, uh, entertainment doesn't really lend itself really well to relationships. So, um, my friends were either getting into drugs or getting married and neither of those, like the hardcore drugs, not like, you know, smoking weed or anything like that, but, uh, neither of those things appealed to me. So I was like, I'm going to move to where it's warm and I've gone to Florida like five times. I've really liked it. So peace and pack my stuff and okay. left in a month. So <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Are out. yeah, I was like, gone. How old were you? How uh, old were you let's old? see. 2005, 25, 25. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and you said you were running before, uh, before you came to Orlando. Oh yeah. I've been running since I was a kid. Um, my brother, was in track cross country cross country winter track um and i sort of followed in his footsteps did all those all three when i was in school um and but it wasn't until i was in florida that i had done anything more than a half marathon so and now you run like a, a couple ultras you know yeah i think 10ish mm, i've done so far um you know, and I like mountain races. So, you know, I've done several of your races. I did Georgia death race. I did the rut in uh, big sky, which was really impressive. Um, did the stump jump in Chattanooga, which was great. Um, yeah. So it's, I always, I don't know, like I do some of the um, ultras here in Florida, but I like, I've always been, even when I was just road running, um, 
I like that sort of destination vacation. So I think you go, you explore someplace new, um, you get a run in, and uh, then, you know, you feel good about the entire vacation because you did something healthy at the same time. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like a net zero. Yeah. You know? it's like, <laughs> a couple of years, a couple of miles. It's fine. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's all. And it's funny because as somebody who doesn't live in Florida, but there is, is there a lot, like I'm the kind of opposite. I'm like, Oh, I love the mountains, but I'm like, I can't wait to get back to like central Florida and trail run, you know, during the winter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Not in August. I don't know what the heck's wrong with y'all. <laughs> um, and then during, or rather at the end of Grace and Highlands race, that's when you proposed yeah. to Heather. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tell, tell us about that. Um, so I had been married previously and I had no real interest in getting married again. Not to say that I didn't want to commit to somebody. Just the whole piece of paper thing was not my jam. Um, but I'd been with Heather for quite some time and um, I realized that there are lots of things that I wanted to do that, you know, she was willing to get on board with. And the only thing that she wanted wasn't the, like the actual marriage ceremony, but she wanted like that commitment. Um, and I realized I was like, well, if I'm just being stubborn at this point, there's no point in, you know, being stubborn anymore. So I came up with a plan. I couldn't tell anybody that knew me or her, uh, together. Like I couldn't tell my mom, uh, cause she would have ruined the surprise. Couldn't tell her mom cause she would have ruined the surprise. Um, and you yet? <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the races that we had tried doing, um, the year I ran, um, Georgia death race, I was supposed to run Grayson Highlands the next month. Um, and, I wasn't quite recovered enough. So instead we came and ran an aid station instead. Um, and then the plan was to run it the following year. Um, but because of some family issues, uh, we decided to just use a, a vacation instead. And we came and we went up to Grayson Highlands and we hiked and um, we cheered a little bit at the, uh, for the half marathoners cause we were there that day. Um, and, um, then the following year, everything was working out magically. She wasn't stressed, no injuries. I was injury free. Um, and I was like, this is kind of like the perfect opportunity because it's something that has, we've been waiting for, for quite some time. Um, and it's been a, like a focal point of our relationship because we had been there three times. Um, and I was like, well, I'm going to do it. Uh, so I got the ring and I just, I told the people that uh, I knew could keep a secret. And I told the people that we were uh, going up there and running with, and uh, one of our friends came and cheered us on and was uh, our support. Um, and I ran with the ring in my uh, running shorts the entire time. Um Move yeah, I know that's what everybody said, but I didn't want to lose it. So it was in a zipper pocket that I did not open. Um, and I figured if I were to fall down on the, the race, since it was on my right hip, I would just roll to my left side and 
see what happens. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I finished the race, and then uh, I was waiting for Heather to cross the finish line, and it was cold and rainy, and my muscles started to tighten up. Um, and I was like, mistakes might have been made, because if I go down on one knee, I don't know if I'll be able to get up. And uh, my two friends were like, we'll pick you up if you have. So, uh, yeah, I... You know, she finished the, she crossed the finish line and, um, we went over to a little quiet area with a stone wall and dropped down on one knee and asked her if she'd be my trail running partner for life. And well, now we're getting married in a couple of months. So yeah, it worked out. I'm so bummed. I missed that. It was like the one time I had to leave the finish line to go check. It was hurt. I'm like, no, that's awesome, man. Again, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So cool. Um, all right. So you talked about destination races and stuff like that. Have you gone back to New Hampshire to run anything? Like oh, something? yeah. Um, I've gone up and I've run um, a couple of small races and a half marathon. I uh, haven't done anything ultra distance or trail up there uh, yet. Uh, but there now um, there's one that might fit into the schedule next year. Um, that I'm looking at, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but most of the stuff I've done up there has been road races, but I've gone up, I think two or three different times to run races up there. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, it's my favorite state. And especially if you can run a race in the fall up there, uh, there is nothing like the smell of fallen leaves and just like the earth at that, at that point of the year. Man, I feel like that should be like a little slogan on like a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, okay, the next thing I wanted to talk about, man, it was like, man, you guys, again, thank you. You volunteer so much at specifically at my races, but other races too. And you definitely run bar none, like the best aid station possible. Um and this year you're at Forgotten Florida. You brought little Jack Sparrow out there. People just went through like this really hard section. You got this, well, we have puppies and stuff. <laughs> yeah. How do you, like when you're running an aid station or you're working at an aid station, what is your like, what's your game plan? Like, I just like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, it's just awesome. So how do you make yours that awesome? <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's the people. Um, it's, I don't think I set up, the actual physical aid station. Um, and I try and figure out where the runners are coming from and what's going to be the best flow. So like they're going to specifically, if they've had a long section, they're going to need hydration first, but you know, I'm going to have people that are going to help them fill their packs, fill their bottles. So that's always up front. And then they walk around and while we're taking care of that for them, then they have the access to the food. But realistically, it's the people that come out and volunteer. Um, everybody that uh, I've been fortunate enough to have as an aid station worker has been 100% committed to making sure that the people that are coming in are going to be taken care of. Um, and that, you know, I think that breeds from the people that are uh, volunteering are also runners. So they know exactly what they want. And so they're going to try and give that to every single runner that comes through. Um, and, you know, just 
encouraging words as they're coming in. If they're looking a little rough, you know, you're like, hey, do you need to sit down? What do you need? Um, what can we do for you? And then as they're heading out, you know, give them some words of encouragement. Tell them they've got it, you know, and especially if somebody's like in a low point and they need to take a break and they're questioning life. You know, Jack was in, you know, Jack Sparrow, little fluffy dog, loves everybody. Um, he literally, people were mentioning how that gave them the energy because he was all happy and loved them uh, to get up and keep going because there were a few people that were just like, I'm done. I'm just, I'm tapped out. And they get five minutes of puppy love and they're like, I, I can do this. I got this. I got this. You know? <laughs> We just need like a gaggle or a murder of puppies or something at like yeah deep in it. <laughs> you know, we'll get a get a therapy dog group to come out and just have dogs hanging out ready to go. <laughs> Dude, I was running a um, a road marathon one time. Actually, it was the Atlanta Marathon. I think it was. They don't they don't do it anymore. It was to be honest, it was hard as hell. <laughs> it was like, if you want to pick a really difficult route through Atlanta, like that was it. It's like, cool. You get to see all this stuff, but like people running a road marathon, I mean, like nobody cares. They want a fast time. Right. And Atlanta is not the place to run a fast marathon period. Um, and I just remember like they had this, uh, great Pyrenees rescue, um, like just on the side of the road randomly. And it was like, they were, they were part of the race. Like they were donating money to this charity that rescued great Pyrenees. Um, and you had all these like massive white fluffy dogs, you know, that are probably like, uh, you know, close to 200 pounds. And they're all just sitting there with their tongues out on the side. And it's like, Oh my God, like stopping and petting dogs. And it's like, puts you in the best mood ever. Like, yeah. it's like, man, uh, I vote more puppies at aid stations. Than yeah. Than yeah. Man. But that segues me to what I wanted to talk to you about next. And, and I was talking with Scott about this because, you know, you and Scott Abshire, who helps edit the podcast, produce it. He also um, is talks on it as another commentator, if you will, another host. Um, but he was saying, like, on another podcast, you were talking about men's mental health. And, and you know, with how I'm going to segue this is, like, how – funny it is if you like stop and take a break like pet a puppy like something to put you in like a really good mood for a couple minutes and then you just you can get back out there and I, and I think like a lot of times if I'm during a race if I'm like spiraling into like a negative uh, mindset number one I always say okay if I'm negative mental game going on then typically that means I'm low on calories right um, and so I try to take something in and I, I realize that nothing is permanent, you know, even in the moment that it seems like that, but, but Scott was telling me you had like some really good thoughts on like running with like men's mental health. Um, you know, maybe you could touch on that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up and I wasn't diagnosed until I think my senior year in high school, but I grew up with. Um, ADHD and uh, depression um, and running always for me was a way of just letting go and just being in the moment instead of being like trapped in your thoughts. Um, so that's, that was my outlet. Um, and I think, you know, that endorphin rush that you get from going out and running, um, I mean, it's natural, um, but that 
will help ease your mood, ease your mental state. Um, and so it's a benefit. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think that was, uh, the event that that was about was, um, for, uh, the Movember project. So, uh, like men's mental health and then also like, uh, prostate cancer and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I, I think for me when I'm running, uh, especially the longer distances, like you're saying, you're getting, you know, down on yourself, you're getting into that hole. Um, I've always found that when things get tough, like if you put yourself down or you get into that mental state where you're spiraling out of control, your performance also gets worse because it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, so that's when I just start talking to myself. I'm like, you know, the terrain's not going to beat me. My mind's not going to beat me. The only thing that's going to beat me is me. So I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing through. Life is hard. You know, we're hitting a struggle moment right now, but you know, I got this, I can keep going. Like there's, I don't have to stop. I don't have to put myself in that hole. And if you do that when you're running, you can all that translates one for one into your life when you're not running. So like, you know, life is hard. You know, it's not always going to be a smooth ride. Um, and when those moments where you start to get yourself into that downward negative spiral, you just start chanting that mantra. It's like, you're not going to beat me. I'm not going to give up. I can keep going. This is hard now, but hard doesn't last forever. And, you know, you can get yourself through that, whatever that rough patch is, whether it's, you know, something in your life or just, you know, one of the uphills on, uh, in uh, Northern Georgia. <laughs> Amen to that, dude. Yeah, I feel like anytime I'm in a really serious like rut, you know, running or, you know, you're going through those low patches. And for those people listening, if, you know, maybe you haven't run an ultra or you haven't run um, something far enough to like where you really hit those rough patches, like, you know, marathon, you kind of hit the wall. Uh, there's multiple walls the further you go. Like if these people are running 200 mile races now, um, you're going to hit so many walls. But you've got to be adaptive and you got to find a way around that. And I think one thing that you said is, you know, cause I, I'm ADHD and, and uh, you know, which used to be like, Oh my God, this makes you like, you're not normal or not right. And it's like, no, that's not true at all. You know, it's like, I have a lot of uh, positives from that, you know, which, whereas a lot of ideas and, and I can get a lot accomplished, you know, if I can, so, um, you know, realizing, how we as an individual, whether you're male, female, doesn't matter, um, how our brains work and interact and how we're wired. Um, as you get older, I think it's very healthy to know that because when you're younger, you're kind of like, oh, something's not right, you know, and it's like, okay. And then it's like, it's kind of weird when you get like a diagnosis, you're like, oh, well, these, this is why you feel the way you feel. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, that's you. And, um, you know, in relating that back to running, it's like, I realize for my mental health that I have to take a break during the year. Like you can't always be going, you know, pedal the metal, um, balls to the bandsaw kind of thing. I mean, it's just, you've got to take um, scheduled breaks and realize that even when you're down, it's like, you're going to come out of that. 
Um, and I always try to figure out like, why am I, that's, that's my thing. My mind is always like, why am I feeling that way? Like, why am I, you know, how can I like, basically, how can I get out of that? You know? And, um, and especially with races, I'm always asking myself, I was like, when was the last time I ate something? When was the last time I drank something? When was the last time I peed? Like, have I been going too fast or I need to slow down? And it's like, it's usually one of those things, but you're a hundred percent correct because it's like, oh my God, this is miserable. I'm making myself go through that. But you check those boxes like, okay, I've done these hard, miserable things. And then when life hits you with some more difficult stuff, I go back to, okay, man, you've run a hundred miles. Like you've done this. And it's like, yeah, this is hard, but like we've been same feeling, but different, right? Like we've been here, like, come on, like hard times don't last hard people do like you've got this. Yeah, exactly. But that's anyways, I just got wanted me to, to touch on, <laughs> on, on that. And thank you for, for sharing that. Um, so what have you had been dealing with uh, Achilles tendonitis uh, for a while? Um, we were talking about earlier. Um, I'm sorry you're dealing with that. That's terrible. But that's fixed now and you're back to running? Go yeah, um, it took. So, you know, I did the, the dumb thing. Like I went, I did the therapy and I took a break from running for a little bit. Everything was feeling groovy. Um, and then in the next six months, I ran three ultras. Um, and that probably was not the smartest thing because I just immediately went right back into logging a ton of miles and neglecting cross training and stretching and that sort of thing. So went right back into Achilles tendonitis round two. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if you're a runner, uh, you know, every, every single runner is the same way. It's like, Oh, I'm better. I can just go back to doing exactly what I was doing. Um, so took more time and figured it out. And now I'm back to feeling good. I'm stretching more, um, and adding more miles. So, uh, slowly. Um, but yeah, looking forward to getting back to doing longer distances again, cause I definitely miss it. Um, cause that's like, you know, again, with mental health going out for, you know, a two hour run, you know, you have lots of time to just stop and clear your head, you know, think through some problems if you need to, um, or just look around at nature, like check out birds, check out, you know, trees, see flowers, you know, do whatever, you know, I'm, I'm into ornithology. That's for sure. I love watching birds. <laughs> like and there's no shortage of them where you live, man. Nah. I'll tell you that, man. Highest concentration of nesting bald eagles in the lower 48 people. Commit that fact to memory. <laughs> Central Florida. True story. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you got? Are you signed up for anything? You got anything coming up? Or? No. Uh, right now work is... Um, pretty crazy working on a new show, uh, that will be at Epcot. Can't give any details, but it's going to be cool. Um, and that, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, that's taking going to be taking a lot of my time and also planning the wedding and having the wedding, that sort of thing. So don't have anything officially on the books, but looking at spring, maybe a spring 50 K or, uh, or something, um, haven't really committed to anything yet. Right, 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 right. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Sometimes we gotta, 
like my whole thing with running is like sometimes life gets in the way, but it's not like it gets in the way. It's like life just takes priority, you know? Yeah. Um, and then for me, I just want to run for forever. Like that sounds so silly, but so I'm like, okay, I'll do the little diversion for a little bit and then I'll kind of maintain and then come back to it, you know? And, and obviously that's what you're doing, but it's like, Hey man, that's awesome. You guys are getting married. I'm excited for the whole wedding weekend and stuff like that. I was looking at it, uh, by the way, uh, y'all's card is on the, uh, on my parents, uh, refrigerator. Oh, that's funny. My, mom, my mom's like, they look so cute. Are you, <laughs> have you gotten an outfit yet? Have you gotten a date for this? And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. So before we round, um, you know, close up here, a couple things I'll, I'll ask is what do you recommend for obviously you do a lot of the group road runs with 1010 um, for people who are wanting or maybe curious about getting on a trail, whether it's in Florida or somewhere else, but they've never really done that and they're predominantly on the road. Um, I, I think you know, find something that's easily accessible. Um, in Central Florida, we have several trails that are um, less technical than others. Um, so I would say, like, you know, you can look at some of the, like, on-trail or um, Gaia and look at um, some of the reviews because they'll say super wet, super muddy. You know, you might want to avoid that for your first trail run. Um, shoes in Florida and other parts of the country might need a different set of shoes. Uh, trail shoes can help, uh, but they're not necessarily a requirement um, here in Florida. Um, but you could also look for, uh, some spots. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, um, uh, you could look for, uh, trail running groups, um, or, uh, just grab a friend. Um, the thing, the big thing between road and trail is you're going to go slower. So, I would say for your first run, I mean, you can use a watch, uh, but don't worry about pace. Like, cause when you're out on trail pace, isn't why you're there. Like if you want pace, you're going to be on a track or you're going to be on pavement. Uh, you're there to be in nature. So, um, run, enjoy yourself, be okay with it being a little bit of a slower pace. Um, and if you get to a spot where you're struggling, take a walk. I mean, it's okay. Like walking is completely acceptable and you get to see more of nature while you're there. So it lasts longer. It's a more enjoyable experience. Um, definitely don't beat yourself up. If you get done with a trail run and you're like, man, I, I, I feel like I phoned that in, but I'm dying. You know, it's, that's okay. Just enjoy it while you're out there. Right. For sure. No, I agree with that completely. And then another thing I was just thinking of is we talked about trail maintenance and we talked about obviously Central Florida or Greater Orlando. Trail running is one thing of note uh, worthiness is that we don't really, and I say we as in the Florida Trail Association and most trail maintainers do not start working on the trails. Now, like Little Big Econ, that kind of stays clear year round because um, there's just so, so much use on it. But like other stuff that's like a little more remote, it's like we don't really start working on the trails until October. 
right. um, until it kind of cools off a little bit. Um, you know, and so like you might like I'll give you an example, Three Lakes, which is south of or it's like uh, in Kissimmee or just past south mm-hmm. of there um, in St. Cloud ish. That area is beautiful, but like we don't go clear that until like uh, typically like November or sometimes even January. I think the big work day is like January. So it's like if you go out there, it's going to be like completely overgrown. So if you like come to an overgrown trail, you know, maybe turn around. That's what Brad's talking about. And then in Florida, things vary so much, whether it's like a rainier year, rainier uh, like hurricane season that comes through. Stuff can have standing water on stuff. I also say if you're in Florida, don't be afraid of like an inch or two of water, you know, like that's not a big deal. You know, it's like getting, you'll probably get your feet wet here and there. There might be some mud, you know, slow down, take a photo. Like, you know, it's just, it's just part of it, you know? Yeah. And the great thing about Florida trails is because they tend to get so overgrown and they're only maintained um, for the vast majority of the maintenance is in the fall and the winter. um, They are blazed really well. Like they, there's a blaze. If you get to a spot and you're standing in a blaze and you keep going a little bit and you don't see another blaze, you're probably not on the trail anymore because they are like, you can sometimes see three or four blazes in a row straight down the trail um, because they want to make sure that nobody's getting lost out there. And I actually have a really cool video. Maybe Scott can include that in the um, comments about this. Um, about how to navigate the Florida trail or other trails in Florida for that matter, because they're all blazed the exact same way. Um, so check that out. It's pretty cool. Um, dude, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Um, dude, super happy to call you a friend. Thanks for having me out so many times to the 1010 running group. Like it's, it, it feels like a, a family away from home. So I appreciate that. And, uh, dude, thanks for doing all you do, getting people into trail running, doing trail work. Um, dude, it's just awesome, man. Best of luck to you. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you're always welcome. Everybody's always welcome. Um, yeah. and yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and, uh, we'll be putting together some trail work days, uh, this winter. So, um, keep your eyes out, uh, and, you know, volunteer, give back, uh, cause, if you're a trail runner, the one of the most important things is maintaining the spaces that you use. So, um, you know, get out, look, find your local trail organizations and see what you can do to help out. And it's trails don't maintain themselves. People always, you know, incorrectly go, my tax dollars pay for this. That is crazy. They do not. I can no. assure you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to Brad, the Indian River chapter and the Central Florida chapter for all they do on the trails that we have on Forgotten Florida race and that we just go love and enjoy. So, um, Brad, thank you so much, man. And uh, I should see you before your wedding. But if not, man, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. See you soon, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Again, a huge thank you to Brad Park for being on the Bend Don't Break podcast. Uh, We love it so much having our good friends here on the podcast. Um, One thing I want to say is if you guys, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, please continue to listen to it. We're going to be pumping out episodes of all our favorite people. 
uh, the trail run, ultra run, et cetera, uh, involved in the running community from Virginia down to Florida all summer long and the rest of the year. Um, I hope everybody's having a great summer. It's not too hot. Hope you're getting some training in. Um, don't forget, if you guys want to come run some epic trail running races, that is what I do for a living. That is what helps support this podcast. It's a free podcast. Don't want any money. Um, come run races. Come volunteer. Come be a part of the Run Bum race family, please. Uh, right now, we have Cloudland Canyon uh, just went on sale. That's in northwest Georgia, just 30 minutes south of Chattanooga. It is absolutely beautiful. That's in December. Uh, October, our 11th annual Sky to Summit, 50K, 25K. Uh, it's almost sold out. We moved it to October. Now you're going to be in all peak fall colors. Come check that out. And if you're in Florida, down Brad's way, we've got Wild Florida 50K, uh, 12 miler, 6 miler in middle of November. And then, of course, in the beginning of February, we have where Brad helps maintain the trails in Tosahatchee. We have Forgotten Florida 100 miler. 50 miler, 15 miler, and 8 miler. Something for everyone. This is epic. The 100 miles is point to point. 50 miles is point to point. 15 miles is a single loop. 8 miles is a single loop. It is gorgeous. Come check it out. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Scott, for editing this. We'll see you guys on the next round.